Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is February 19th, 2023. Time is 18.05 and joining me as always is Big Daddy Prep. What's going on, man? Uh, another beautiful day in Arkansas. I've never known what the weather's going to be. <laughs> Other than that, it's, it's everything's good, Jester. That, that's good. With all the chaos and all the crap that's going on in this world, man, I'm glad to hear things are going well for you at least at the moment, right? Well, you just never know what, 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 when you get up in the morning or when you go to bed at night, what the actual uh, season's going to be. So you keep a gas bottle around for extra heat and then keep the air conditioner plugged up in case you need it. You never know. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so uh, for those of you out there that are listening, um, we have a listener requested episode today. Um, and this comes from a gentleman named John. He says, hello, Jester and Al. I just recently discovered your podcast and I really enjoy all the information you deliver. I have a suggestion that I think would help with preppers and others. The topic I think, he says, the topic I think would make a great show is the psychology of survival and what kind of mindset one should prepare for, especially for a shit hit the fan scenario. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to listening to more of your shows. Uh, John, we greatly appreciate the email, and you got me actually wrapping my mind around some things here, John. (laughs) Yeah, actually, John, to be honest with you, that prepper mindset thing, I had never really delved off into what the world says about preppers. I mean, other than the opinions I'd gotten, but when I did today, it kind of scared me. I mean, I knew how we thought about things, but I didn't realize how the world looks at us. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a moment of fresh air for me, believe it or not. So, I, um, the first thing I thought we would talk about is a little bit about the fight-or-flight response. Right. So, for those of you out there with a law enforcement background, you can go ahead and mute this part, skip over it, because you already know what this is. Anybody that has ever done MMA fighting, stuff like this, I'm sure you guys all know what this is. But for those of you that don't, fight or flight is something that's built in to human beings. It's the it's the instinctive psych- psychological response to a threatening situation uh, which readies one either to resist forcibly or to run away. So... When we say fight or flight, this is going to be that direct instinct that says, hey, I have to fight to save my life or, oh, shit, I got to get out of here to save my life. So this is a psychological response that's already built in, right, Al? Yeah, there's there's two that are really recognized, the fight or flight, but there's a third that I've always kind of noticed. I stood back and watched people. There's fight or flight, of course, is defend yourself and, 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 and take charge, 
or the runaway because I can't do this. I got to go. But then there's a third response and that's lay down and do nothing. I, you, I can't tell you the amount of people I've seen in my life that got into a situation, a pressure situation and just froze. Jester. Right. Froze. They call that the freeze fun response. Yes. yes. And that is, that <laughs> is scary because when you get somebody like that, yeah, I've had people that work for me in the prison system or in other things that they talk a bad game. And when something happened, they first saw the first drop of blood, they saw first dead body or anything like that happened. They just froze. They're like a statue of granite. And that scares the hell out of me. Those were the people I had to get away from me because they're not going to do anything. They're just going to be in your way. It happens a lot of times in medical situations or first responders. People go through academies. They think they're going to do wonderful. And the first time they see a gunshot victim, they just shut down. So there's a third category, but it's not recognized by a lot of people. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. So, Al, another big factor with this is uh, adrenaline, all right? Um, Adrenaline is a very efficient response to a lot of these things, Um, and it... It's interesting when people talk about adrenaline and how it works and how it kicks in in these fight or flight response situations because some people say they get tunnel vision, some people say they get super strength, some people says some people say they can't hear anything and it's all pure reaction. For me when adrenaline kicks in, I could tell you what, things seem to slow down. And trying to remember what happened is few and far between for me anyway. You know, the mentality of this, how you react is, is, uh, is, a, is a big book. And each person, for me, when bad things happen, the worse things are, the better I am. Because the more I slow down, I'm specific, I command presence, all that good stuff. But in the little tiny situations, I, I either, one, have no interest in it, or two, I just lose my mind. But the worse it gets, the better off I am. So, in other words, if there's a mass gun shoot, shooting, I'm great. But if it's somebody with, like, a broken leg and nothing big, uh, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I lose my mind. Oh, I got to do this. or you, know, you get what I'm saying? The more pressure, the better I am. So I have to realize that that's how I react. Other, everybody reacts differently to every situation. Right, it's, no, it's, I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so, guys, that pretty much sums up the, the uh, fight-or-flight side of this. Like, human beings have survival instincts built in, all right? They, they are there. They are, are known uh, through psychology, and psychologists have identified these things and what makes us tick in these situations – in a shit, it's the fan scenario is, is many people that want to act emo and, and sound dark and all these things. No one is just going to lay down and die. Your natural response within the body for survival is going to take over. Right. Right. Um, right. A good example of this is when, when we were kids that uh, we all did the, Hey man, how long could you hold your breath underwater? And, or I'm going to hold my breath till I pass out. How many people actually died from that? 
Yeah, nobody. Right. It's, <laughs> nobody. Because, it's because you have that survival instinct built in. You're going to come back for air. You're going to take a breath before you pass out. That's what happens. This is involuntary within our bodies. Our bodies don't want to die. All right? Even though you and I have a, and you and I, along with everybody else, has a, a natural ability to want to prepare and be prepared for situations, I think a lot of the mentality of prepping has to do one with socioeconomic status, okay? How you come up and how you're how you're disciplined as you grow up, how you are money wise. Like with me, I was poor, so of course I want to lay things back. But the whole mentality, people that have never had to prepare for anything, it's always had things given to them. They don't come into this naturally, Jester. They have to kind of be brought into it. Now, I've known some people that were that were very well off, that were great preppers, but they told me out of their own mouths that I didn't, I never worried about preparing because it was always there for me. So, yeah, it's it. Some of these things have to be worked on, depending on how your mentality is wired from your your younger years. You know. Oh no, I I hundred percent agree with you. So, with that being said. Let's talk about some nasty, nitty-gritty things um, okay. within within survival and shit-hits-the-fan scenario. And this one is one that probably nobody wants to hear. And, guys, there's a bunch of stories you can look up online about this exact situation. And I, I have a bunch right in front of me that I could read to you guys, but I'm just not going to. Um, and it's cannibalism in a survival situation. Um. There are there are not only accounts of this around the world, but there's accounts of this in the U.S. Uh, there's tons of stories you can look up where people actually ate their fellow man for survival. And if that t- doesn't tell you what kind of mindset people are in when they're close to death and they're willing to do whatever it takes to survive, I don't know what else will. Cannibalism is a hell of a thing. Hey Preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. Right. You know, people say all the time, I won't eat this. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't degrade myself to do that. It's amazing what people do when survival is the only thing in front of you living to the next minute you're not worried about next month you're worried about the next minute and yeah this the your of course the fight or flight thing kicks in you you say i'm starving to death i can't go without i, I gotta eat this well i always hated that in the past well you'd be amazed what you put in your mouth and put in your stomach whenever you have to oh um, yeah you know, scavenging for things. You know, I've seen people, Jester, that were also, you know, hygiene, clean, never touch anything, dirty people. But when it come down to actually having to survive, they would have done anything. They just went, swam through a, a, a river full of crap to got to the other side to got a mouthful of peanut butter. You know what I mean? They would do anything to survive. Don't ever say what you won't do because you don't know what you won't do until the situation comes. I'm just, you know, Al, I'm just sitting here kind of thinking to myself, all these people talk a lot of shit when McDonald's is right down the road. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and, and, and people talk about what they have to have in life until you don't have it to have anymore. Right. You know, 
just this just or this is you know we're living in modern ages now where everything is convenience everything's right there you know and you got all what what about 100 years ago 150 years ago or 200 years ago could you have lived then most people couldn't have you know in the so it's interesting you bring that up because to me i i feel like if it is a shit at the fan if it's a shit it's the fan scenario i mean you can count on a lot of things to stop and we're going to get into the psychological side of that too but um you guys got to think automatically take it a setback of like 200 years, right? You're not going to have a Walmart. You're not going to have a McDonald's. You're not going to have all these commercialized stores. There's not going to be any big box stores. You might not have any lines of communication to call your buddy, call your friend, call your neighbor. You're not going to be getting the local paper to keep up with news. I mean, literally like just take a step 200 years back. And that's probably about where we'll be at when shit really hits the fan. And if you don't, I don't think know you if, could survive without these you. things, just wait. I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Lord of the Flies, but when I was very young and I was in school, it was required reading, and I hate to read books, Jester. I hate it, okay? <laughs> I had to read Lord of the Flies. And if you ever read that book, you understand it's a book about young boys that are, that are trapped in an island and what they have to do to survive and how they change. I looked at this prepper mentality show today through the eyes of that re- reading that book as a young as a young man, and how people change and how people act one way, but when the situation comes to survive, they act completely different, and it it's, it changes people. Look at war torn situations, Jester. Look at countries that are third world countries. What people do to survive, and we go, oh, that's nasty. Oh, I'd never do that. You'll do anything to survive if you have fight or flight. If you have the fight mechanism. You know, I mean, fight, you can just keep running, I guess, but fight, you've got to do whatever you have to do to survive. Right. And that's, I mean, a lot of people, they just don't, I guess they just don't, you know, number one, okay, they're not in these circumstances on a daily basis. So they don't know how bad, how bad this stuff is when it really happens. All right. Right. Now it's once again, it's really hard for your body to want to just shut down and not do the fighting anymore. It's not something that, you know, it's it's not something that's, it's not easy to die. We'll just put it that way. Um, no. And I mean, even, you know, and this is going to get a little bit gruesome, but I mean, it's it's not, I'm not even saying that this is a psychological thing or it's, it's you know, a mentality thing. It is your body. Your body does not want to shut down. A lot of, and I'm not saying this is an every time circumstances, but certain detectives out there talk about when they have victims with multiple stab wounds, like a lot of stab wounds, it's not because the killer was, you know, being excessive and just stabbing this person repeatedly for no reason. The person wouldn't easily die. So they just kept stabbing and stabbing and stabbing because they were like, why won't you die? Not that it was like an obsessive anger driven thing. They just couldn't get their body to physically shut down. Human beings are not that easy to kill. Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. No, um, I saw a video this week that was of a young lady in a health club by herself and she let somebody in. And when the attacker attacked her, she continued to keep fighting, 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 fighting. That was that fight or flight. She wouldn't stop fighting. She actually fought him off and got away from him because she wouldn't stop fighting. Now, 
faced with a situation where that wasn't going to happen, she probably wouldn't have put out that much energy, but she was like, I'm going to die. He's going to rape me. He's going to kill me. So she kept fighting until it was over. She saved her own self. That's fight or flight right there, folks. That's exactly how it happens. It is. Um, so there's a, a bunch of different theories I have around this, you know, because none of us have been in an apocalyptic situation yet, and we don't know what it's going to be like if shit really does hit the fan. Um, other than things we've already seen, you know, different terrorist attacks, different things at war, stuff like that. Now, there is there is something I, I say that we have in the U.S., and only people will understand, understand this if they've ever been through, like, bad natural disasters or have traveled out of the country, and that is the safety net of emergency services, okay? Um, right. We have the ability to dial 911 out if someone's having a heart attack, if you get sick, if you slip and, and cut an artery, etc., um, you have that safety net of, oh, if something goes wrong, I could just call 911. This makes us stupid. This makes us careless. This makes us do really dumb shit, right? Right, right. Now, the convenience. Yeah. The convenience makes it that way. Now, some people will smarten up automatically knowing that these services aren't available, knowing that, shit, I got to keep a closer eye on my kids because if they fall down the stairs, I can't call 911. Um, and that goes across the board for every situation. Like I better make sure I'm keeping up with grandma's meds because again, can't call the paramedics. Um, I better not piss off my neighbor cause I can't call the cops, et cetera, et cetera. Right. 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 Now there is kind of a caveat to this. And the caveat to this is, is being that you can't call emergency services, you're going to see a lot of death. You're going to see a lot of destruction. Half the reason I think human beings in this country anyway, are good is just simply because they fear consequence like you haven't went and beat the shit out of your neighbor whose whose dog shits in your yard every day simply because you don't want the charges pressed against you right right correct there may be there may be a guy in your neighborhood that you've been suspecting of sleeping with your wife wife and maybe you want to go kick his ass and the only reason you haven't yet is because you're worried about that 911 call you're worried about hey i don't want to go to court i don't want to be charged i don't want to go to jail well, guess what? When nine one one's gone, that mentality isn't going to be there anymore. So you're going to have a lot of people going out and doing a lot of dumb shit too. And with this, you're going to see a lot of death, a lot of destruction. Also, you're going to see a lot of fires because you're not having firefighters show up to put fires out, which means these things will will spread building to building, house to house. So, I mean, you know, put yourself in the mentality of, you know, being in the old west. Where community-based kind of save ourselves, but we we figure this out in the street with gunfights. We don't dial nine one one. All right. Well, exactly. And think about this, Jester. Now, in America, in in the modern world, if something happens, you call nine one one. The police come. The fire department comes. In a societal shutdown or in a situation where where or this mentality would stick in, there's nobody coming to get the dead body. There's nobody coming to get grandma's having a heart attack. There's nobody coming to get somebody that shot you. You're going to have to deal with it. And that mentality is not natural to people nowadays. We have bred that out of people by the convenience of having extra services. You've got police and fire and all. When you have to do all this yourself, the community, your circle, you, whatever it might be, has to do it. I mean, what happens when somebody dies and you're stranded in a situation? You have to bury them. And they're going to go to stinking, right? You know, I mean, seriously, there are people that have, have been in plane crashes and things where people actually ate the flesh of other people and had to get rid of the bodies and get them away from where they were at 
because the stench or the dead body or they knew the person. These are these are mentalities that 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 is not nat- natural to where we're at nowadays in society here in America or in the world in most places. But it's going to kick in. That mentality is there deep down inside you as a human being. You just don't know it. Right. And I, I mean, I 100% agree with you, Al. And uh, to go to go back um, back to the gunfight, the fires, the destruction, not being able to call 911, this is going to breed a new mindset into people, right? Yeah. Now, the ones that it doesn't and, and the people that don't smarten up, okay, they're going to be the ones that ultimately end up dying off, okay? Right. Now, this is going to sound pretty bad, but we're going to get into this. So prepare to see a lot of death, just a lot of death. Be psychologically equipped to walk outside and and be able to handle the smell of a corpse. You know, and anybody out there that knows that smell, you know that smell. There's nothing else like it. Right. It's and nasty. It is. <laughs> um, I've tried to describe it to people in the past the best way. I could describe it, and, and it's not even the same, but it's the closest thing I've ever smelled that smells like it. It's grandpa's mattress that you're burning over a fire that he's been sleeping on for 80 years. Yep. That's the best I could describe, like the closest way to describe it. I don't know why. Um. <laughs> well, you know, Jester, here's what we've done. We have made, you know, the 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 whole mindset that the weak don't don't make it, the only the strong survive and survive with the fittest. Right. We've bred that out of ourselves. We have actually bred it out of us because of the convenience in life. That's going to have to come back in. Of course, that's going to mean that the weak have to die. Okay. The weak are not going to make it, whether it's physically weak, mentally weak can't take care of yourself, don't want to take care of yourself, or some people that don't want to. They don't have a strong enough mentality to do it. So, yeah, there's going to be death. You're going to see it around because people are just not going to make it. Only the strongest are going to survive, and even some of them are not going to make it. I I 100% agree with you. Um, so to to go back to this, to this, to segue back to this real quick, guys, there's going to be a lot of death. I mean, it's it. We're not talking small numbers here. And right now, you have the right now we have the we have coroners to take people away and medical services to deal with things. Sad to say, in the shit at the fan scenario, bodies are going to lay there just like roadkill does on the side of the road, right? Yep. You I might agree. you might have a few hand a few handfuls of people in a community that say, hey. You know we're gonna we're gonna dis, we're gonna deal with the dead. We're gonna remove the bodies. We're gonna take them here, take them there. We're gonna do something with them. But I gotta tell you, we have been bred into convenience a little bit. I mean, Al, right now we have backhoes with specifically designed grave buckets to go out there and dig these graves. And companies that manufacture caskets and funeral homes and embalming services. Imagine all these things getting shut down. Who in the hell is gonna be out there building caskets? digging graves, removing bodies off the street. Who's, I mean, how many people you think are actually going to take charge and say, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Very few. Very, very few. Now let's get into the idea of, there's kind of two things I really wanted to get into. Um, the, the first one was being that we talked about 911 being gone. 
you're going to be in a in a mindset that's going to be very very different in the realm of security and watching your back, right? So, right. Al, Al, let me give you, let me put a scenario out there for you. Power's out. Your okay. your ADT security system isn't working. You know there's people lurking around the neighborhood. Five houses have been broken into this week, and you know you can't call nine one one. What kind of mentality are you going to be in trying to sleep at nighttime if you can? Sleeping shifts, and the first thing that comes up that I don't know is friendly to me dies and stays <laughs> there. So that the next one that sees that goes, I'm not going to do that. Right. And and I mean, so now imagine all your neighbors have that same mentality to where it's, I'm not asking questions. We're, we're shooting whatever moves if it's 3 a.m. and it's coming through the door. Right. Right. And Might not even have to come through the door. Maybe just come through the yard. Yeah. Maybe you accidentally trip and fall off the sidewalk and, and bump into my gate. That might get you killed. Right. You know, and I mean, it, it's serious, Jester. I mean, you're not going to be able to allow people to just approach you with no no guard up. You're going to have to have your guard up for everything. Right, exactly. And then, not to mention the psychological side of, you know, if you take a life in in this circumstance, are you going to be able to handle living with that? Or is that going to psychologically ruin you for the rest of your life? We have tons of veterans that come back and, and tons of our soldiers that come back from overseas severely screwed up, um, and, you know, and they're not getting the help that they need. I mean, imagine when the whole... Imagine when the whole entire U.S. has PTSD. Right. I mean, you it, know, it's there's real. a small percentage of people, Jester, that aren't going to be able to handle that. They're going to go deeper off the edge because they have killed somebody. So they're going to go deep off the edge. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to come back. Right. You know, what I mean, they're going to be outlawed from now on. Um, some people kill and decide they like it. That's, Those people are going to be running around. That's true, too. I, you know what, Al? I didn't even think about that. I'm glad you brought that up because it kind of brings me into my next point here. So along with this situation creating mental instability, all right, you also have a ton of people in the U.S. that are highly medicated for mental disorders, all right? When shit hits the fan, the pharmacy stops. Go yep. into your doctors to get your meds Stop. And this is something I eventually want to do a whole episode on is what's going to happen when people that are mentally unstable quit getting their meds because little Johnny, it's funny, the listeners uh, that request this name is John. So little Johnny over there, uh, <laughs> he, he may seem like a nice guy. He's just inside finger painting every day. And, you know, he takes the dog for a walk. He comes out, blows bubbles in the front yard, but you might not know it, but little Johnny might be highly medicated. Right. And if he goes off those meds, little Johnny might be a psychopath. You might find your cat skinned inside the mailbox and then he's coming after you. So it's it's a it's a big it's a big, big thing when we say, you know, what what could happen when these people come off their meds? We don't know because it's not just them coming off their meds, it's them coming off their meds being in this high stress environment, this this dangerous environment where you know, PTSD might be coupled on top of their already, uh, their, their mental disorders that they already have. Right. Right. I mean, but just crazy. You're not going to have time to an analyze that and give 
positive points for good behavior and negative points for, well, now he's, he's a little slow. You're not going to have time for that when he's trying to take your last meal. You know, I mean, that's the mentality part that a lot of people aren't going to be able to deal with death, whether they have to inflict death, see death, or cause death. Is You can't sit there and go, well, let me analyze this. Now, Johnny's been kind of bad, slow for a long time, and he's been on meds, and he's not now, so maybe I should spare him. But he's probably going to break my neck and take my lunch, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to be, I'm not trying to be mean or facetious, but I'm not going to analyze whether Johnny needs to die or not. I'm going to continue to survive for me. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't, um, poor Johnny. <laughs> got you, got, got you that way, didn't I? Got you that time, didn't I? Yeah. So poor Johnny. He's, he, so Johnny, sorry, dude, you're done. Um, you're done. You're, you're done, done, Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> I got a hole for you. I'm going to dig some ahead of time. So uh, the other thing like to throw in here with this mentality side of this, guys, is. Hey, preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. being extreme you know fighting extreme hunger i know we touch on the cannibal cannibalism thing a little bit but let's go a little bit further here so a lot of us you know we don't go too long without eating like yeah we get hungry and maybe we push through it we wait a couple hours or you go a day without eating but not too many people out there have gone a week without food lately okay correct and i've done fasting and i could tell you it meant it will mentally fuck with you the first few times you fast. Yes, it will. It's I maybe not a great comparison, but one that I could could make. Um, it's kind of like you know back when I used to smoke cigarettes. It was like man, I've gone three hours without a cigarette. I'm kind of needing one. Shit, I've gone six hours without a cigarette. I really fucking need one. Shit, it's been ten hours without a cigarette. Now I can't talk right and I can't think straight. And, oh, man, it's been 24 hours. Holy shit. Like, I'm, I can't, I don't know what's happening anymore. That's, right. that's how hunger will overtake you. It'll progressively get worse. And in doing so, you'll find yourself doing a lot of things. And this is a mammal thing. This is an animal instinct, human instinct. You will start stuffing whatever you can into your stomach just to fill that hole, just to fill that void. We see this right. with animals all the time when they eat garbage, things like that. Um, we've, there's even survival stories out there that, you know, people were consuming the wrong thing and they've died from, you know, consuming the wrong thing, but they had to fill that hole and they didn't know what to eat. Right. You know, I've had an unfair advantage. I've got to see a lot of experiments on a real life basis by people that are in prison that are that are cut off from things that they enjoy like drugs and cigarettes and things like that and watching people and the things that they will do to fill that hole of whatever it might be smoking something getting high getting drunk the links that people will go to and the desires that they have over an extended period of time it will astonish you what people will do just I assure you I've watched it myself <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it, it. It's it's no joke. I mean, I know I know we sit here and we kind of poke fun at some of these circumstances and things like that. But guys, th this is no joke. When people get hungry, listen. I know I'm a father, and I will I will take somebody out 
if my kids are crying because they're hungry and their stomachs hurt because I don't want to see them going through that kind of pain. Right. I right. mean, sadly, that's just the way it is. And, and that's one reason I stock food is so if shit does break bad in between me bringing back a deer or a squirrel or while we're waiting for food to grow in the garden, I can feed my kids something so they're not crying saying, Daddy, I'm hungry, feed me. Right. Right. I right. mean, that's that's simply what it is. Um, so Al, there's another, there's another thing with this too. Uh, so another mentality to think about is the idea that we all have friends, we all have family, we all have people we count on. We all have people we like to talk to people that help keep us emotionally stable. You know, you know, my wife's got certain friends she talks to about everything and and opens up to, and that's like therapeutic for her to keep her self mentally stable. When shit hits the fan and these lines of communication get cut off between friends, family, you know, people that are friends that are scattered, maybe other side of the country, other side of the state, other side of the world, that's going to take a toll in itself, not to mention social media, instant entertainment, all those things vanishing and being gone. You're going to have no idea what's going on in the world. You're simply going to have to worry about what's immediately around you. Uh, you're you know you you can't you can't worry about uncle bob that's way out a thousand miles away because uncle bob might have got ached you don't know that's gonna be hard on people right there uh, you talk to uncle bob twice a week you haven't talked to him you can't talk to him now. But right you have to kind of write that off <laughs> i mean i hate to say it but you're going to write that off if you're going to continue to survive i know okay so i don't think i and i know a lot of people don't think about that they don't think about the fact that you know, if shit breaks bad, I can't call my buddy that I grew up with. Or, you know, even if you have, even if it's a friend where you have that once a month check-in, if that's something you're looking forward to, forget about it. It's gone. It's done. That's right. You know, I saw, I saw people in the prison system that were restricted from being able to visit people or people wouldn't come to see them or people wouldn't, um, their family was through with them and the men, that even though they saw people on a daily basis, they're around people all the time. The people that love them that were in their circle at home don't come to see them anymore. And how mentally that breaks you down. I've seen people that were absolutely broke down by the fact their family gave up on them or their family was away from them for long periods of time, would accept calls. That's hard just in that that sense. Imagine when you can't talk to see talk or see someone maybe ever again. That t- That's a big toll on some people. I mean, mentally, huge toll. Right. It it absolutely is. And I mean, I, I know that that's going to be a thing. I know when it, when shit eventually hits the fan, I know there's going to be, be people I just don't hear from anymore. And, and I've had this conversation with people that live out of state that are friends of mine. They say, oh, well, I'm just going to show up. No. And uh, no, that's going to be the that, fastest way to get yourself killed. Very bad idea. Like this is, I have a strict mentality on this. I, if you want to come to where I'm at, I've got certain rules and regulations for that. If people do want to bug out to where I am, I'm not opposed to it, but you need to be assessed. You need to be evaluated and you need to be actively participating in, in purchasing supplies, this, that, and the other. You're not going to just say to yourself, well, I'm just going to show up if things break bad. Like, no, I'm not prepping for you. I'm prepping for my family. And right. you're not going to survive and have a good old time based on my hard work. I'm sorry. You're not. 
It, I mean, if you want me to do the work, you need to be sending me a few hundred dollars a month to put shit back for you. Right. You know, we could, maybe other, we could work out side. a deal. <laughs> what about the other side of that gesture where people say they're going to help and they do help and everything like that, and then all of a sudden everything happens and the world goes to hell in a handbasket and they show up at your house and now they think it's like a permanent vacation. Maybe we're all partying. We're going to eat. We're having a good... No, no, no. The work just begins there. And can you take a close friend or a family member or someone that you've known since back to good birth and say, you're out of the circle. You have to go. Either you turn and go or I'm going to have to get rid of you. Because that right there, there are going to be lazy people. There are going to be and your mentality is going to have to change totally. If right. you're not pulling your weight in the community, you're going to have to go. They can't keep you up. Right. And I, um, I've, so I've actually had to cut out a few people. Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code doom10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code doom10 at checkout at readywise.com. D-O-O-M 10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Um, from my, from my situation. And it's not something I was excited about doing. It's not something I was happy to do, but it's just like, okay, I'm seeing problems here and you got to go. You can't be trusted when shit's not hitting the fan. You're not mentally stable while the world is stable. You're not someone that has my backers prioritizing things that need to be done. You got to go. Right. I mean, and it's bad. (laughs) If you're not good now, what the hell are you going to be when everything goes to hell in a handbasket? Exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that that's like the big thing. And, you know, I've, I've got, I have had many requests for people saying, dude, I'd like to come bug out where you are. Or dude, could you show me around the area? And it's simply no, no, yep. no, 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 no. And I've also had requests to join people's groups and stuff. And again, no, no. Right. If you're actively out there trying to get people to join up with you, you're automatically going to get people that are snakes in the grass or people that uh, are only going to, you know, turn their back on you and, and do you harm. Guys, go back and listen um, to an episode Al and I did over a year ago. Um, God, I'm trying to wow, – Al, what was the uh, name of that episode we did? Oh, shit. Mm. It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, the one about the inner outer circle and select group selection. That's what it was. Oh, group selection. Yeah, yeah group there selection. it is. <laughs> so if you guys go back and you listen to that episode, you're going to get a lot of this, a lot of this mentality. And you're going to get a lot of what Al and I are talking about with selecting people because that is half the battle with all the things we're talking about. If right. you have somebody shitty around you, every situation that we've talked about in today's episode is going to be, it's going to be way, way worse. Okay. Right. Way worse. I've had people tell me that they listen to me and they, they say, you can't surely be as cold as you seem like you are. And then be as, as nice as you seem to be in other situations. And I'm like, you don't know me that well. I don't discuss my preparations with anybody on the outside of my circle. First of all, other than what I do right here. And yes, I'm colder than I seem like because I have absolutely cut off family and friends that were not of the betterment of me in a good situation, let alone in a bad situation, because 
I mean, my wife is the bedrock of my existence. If something was to happen to her, there'd be nothing else for me. I really basically in this world. So what do you think? How, how far do you think I would go for her? I mean, what do you think the extent I would go? I mean, yeah. I mean, same goes with my kids and my family. I mean, I, right. I am going to, I'm going to take a life so they don't have to feel any kind of pain. I'll tell you that right now. Right. Righto. Righto. I mean, that's, and, and, and that's, that's not for hyperbole. That's not to make us look like we're mean or bad or whatever. That's a fact. So Al, there's one last thing that I really wanted to touch on okay. with this. And, and this is, you ever heard the saying, your best friend will be the first person to stab you in the back? Absolutely. That's okay. why I don't have best friends other than my <laughs> wife. <laughs> so, yes. All right. Now, guys, I want everybody out there to think about this. You don't know where the threat is going to arise from. It could be from a foreign government. It could be from our own government. It could be from your son, your daughter, your father, grandma, Aunt Lucy. It could come from anywhere, these threats. What about your significant other? That too. So It could. Uh, the best way I could put this is mental anguish can be you could be triggered in different ways depending on where this is coming from and who it's coming from right if right. i'm if i'm walking down the street and some stranger says hey jester you're a fucking asshole i hate your guts i'm gonna say okay dude and i'm gonna keep on walking but if one of my kids says that to me i'm gonna be like damn dude why would you say that to me like that mm -hmm. hurts you know Right. Um, so what I mean by this is like, if you're one of those people that's all cushy and nice and happy with our federal government, and then all of a sudden, oh, the threat is our federal government, how is that going to hit you? What kind of mentality is that going to put you in? Same goes, like Al said, your spouse, you love your wife, you love your spouse. What happens if all of a sudden she becomes a threat to you? Are you right. going to be able to handle walking away from her or worse? Because these think are things about, that could happen. Think, think about this, Jester. How many domestic violence calls are there today about so-and-so ate my Twinkie or so-and-so threw a, a shoe at me or this? Like that. Imagine that on a 10,000 scale. And it's for keeps. There's nobody to call. What are right. the situations going to be? If you think people are bad now, I always say, if you think things are bad now, wait till it really gets bad when people are hungry. There is no information coming. You don't know if Uncle Bob is dead a thousand miles away. You don't know where your next meal is going to come. What are people going to turn into then? If you want to see the real animal kingdom, that's going to be it right there. And this is the mentality. Pre people want to know the prepper mentality. Why do we prepare? Why do we do what we do? We do it so we will be better off in that situation. That's it right there. That's the entire prepper mentality. So maybe you are better in that situation than the rest of the world is. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, 
Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.